welcome to A Slice of Orange, a podcast on politics in North Orange County, California with me, Jody Balma, professor of political science at Fullerton College. Today's guest is Lachey Rodriguez, who's running for Placentia or Belinda School Board. She also serves as chief of staff for Orange County Supervisor Doug Chafee. Welcome to the podcast and thanks for stopping by. Hi, good morning, Jody. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm very excited about our, our conversation and to really, uh, you know, get out and share some information with the community. Yeah, so let's start with who you are and why you're running. Yes, um, as you said, I am the chief of staff to Orange County Supervisor Doug Chafee um, that encompasses the 4th District. And um, I'm also a sister city commissioner for the city of Anaheim. And I serve on the Environmental Justice Committee for South Coast Air Quality Management District. Um, like quite a long title, but essentially environmental justices are things that we look at and I'm the representative for Orange County area. And um, I think it serves well um, in the community um, that I live in. And um, one of the reasons why I'm running was um, shortly after uh, being a chief of staff to uh, Supervisor Chafee, I was approached by several board members, some from Placentia, uh, Yorba Linda Unified, as well as other ones throughout the 4th District, who were concerned about mental health services being provided in the schools. Um, had a lot of challenges of obtaining additional funding and also finding efficient um activities and services uh, for the actual sites. Um, you know, they had only like a program that wasn't really effective and they wanted an on-site um, for every school site to have a counselor. So um, with that in hand, you know, it really showed me some of the, uh, you know, discrepancies that were there um, and the challenges the teachers and students were facing. And so um, in addition to that, I have several colleagues and friends that do have their uh, children who go to the school district and were challenged with not really feeling that their voices were being heard, um, didn't really have somebody to advocate for them, and really uh, had concerns about some of the campus culture that was being instilled through teachers and administrators and how their child was really getting an inclusive um, and diverse uh, learning environment. And so with that, I, I, I with that background, I really uh, was passionate about ensuring that while well, I work in you know local government, but can see how to navigate it and advocate for families and, and, and children. So um, it's the reason why I wanted to you know put my name out there and, and go for um, running. So um, I'm very excited uh, to have the opportunity. But um, uh, prior to my experience here, I worked for the California legislature for oh, nice. Assembly Member uh, Jose Medina and as well as Senator Connie Leva. And um, as you don't know, Senator Connie Leva was the first woman uh, labor president of UFCW, and she's actually currently the chair of education in the legislature. Uh, Assemblymember Medina is also the chair of higher education. So they've already pushed working with me, um, you know, the education yeah. background and have always, you know, worked with school districts and with families and such. So already having that, you know, really said, you know, I really get on this uh, board and really hopefully make a difference and be an advocate for parents and students. Yeah. And that's great that you have that connection because I think it is, you know, so multi-layered and complicated when we're talking about education policy and making changes of it is the yes. local board and it is the teachers and it is the county and it is the department of education and yes. it is the state. And so weaving all of those connections and knowing what levers to push to make change is really crucial. Absolutely. So when I look at the current board and really most elected officials in Orange County, um, most of them are a lot older and a, a number of boards lack diversity of any kind. Um, how does your identity factor into the campaign? 
You know, I think it plays a huge factor. Um, this uh, portion of the community actually by demographic leans heavily Latino and has an immigrant uh, community as well, very big. And so I believe with my, you know, multi-ethnic, I am Afro-Latina. And so I believe with the name ID, but also with, you know, being able to speak to experience will really help resonate uh, with, you know, the voters and with the community members who are really facing some challenges. And, um, you know, for me, it's will actually be in historic camp pain because this will be the first time in post-century Yorga Linda's history that a person of color will serve on the board. And so, you know, that would really, you know, I think the representation factor is something that's so crucial to uh, the community. And even those who, you know, may not live in the area, um, maybe in another district, you know, they will see that identity and, be, and know that, you know, at least somebody is there to, you know, advocate and kind of know, you know, the challenges I may be facing too. So um, I really think it plays a huge uh, role in uh, this seat and especially with the Democratic graphics. So um, yes, I think it's very important. And so let's, uh, let's talk about how do we get young people? uh, What do you want young people to know about getting involved in their communities and politics? I want them to know that they can make a difference. Um, that they can voice their opinion, they can go to the board meetings. Um, I don't have any children, but yet I'm running for school board because of my passion for children and being a proud uh, graduate of our public education system and believing in it. And I know that it can be strengthened by having that diversity of coming from different folks. So I really believe that student voices and and young people's uh, voice needs to be heard, get involved. I mean, whether you volunteer on a campaign just to see the ins and outs of, you know, how it functions, but also seeing, um, you know, the candidates and the forums and hearing the questions and and driving out there. I think it's so important. And even using, you know, your social media as a platform itself, you know, having those hard conversations. And it doesn't always have to be so far reaching. You know, it could be a conversation with maybe a family member mm-hmm. who needs to be a little bit enlightened or educated on certain ideas or topics. Um, you know, going to your friends and having that discussion as well. So, you know, I just think um, utilize the space that you're in to have conversations, but to also, you know, drive the change too. Yeah, I love that. Drive the change. Um, so Placentia, like many local cities, uh, has transitioned to districts. District 2, the southwest area where you're running, doesn't currently have a representative. Um, what do you think about district elections? Uh, you know, Orange County sort of transitioning. We're all getting used to this. What do you think about it? I think these these are these are great um, actually. Um, this is actually a second round of uh, district elections. Placenta is going to, and you're right. There isn't an incumbent, and because of that, you know the portion of the board lived in the Yorba Linda side. So they could not attest to the experience that the folks over here in Southwest area are facing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a trifecta nexus area. It's where Fullerton, Placentia, and Anaheim meet. And so you have to build that sense of community. Ideally, there's three different cities that have their all di- different jurisdictions and zoning area. Right. And so there is portions that is industrial. And so who is looking out for, you know, the school site that's right next to the waste management plant and ensuring that their air quality is good or that children are not at risk um, of their safety trying to get to school. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you don't have someone who lives in the area who can speak to that experience and how can they properly advocate and really take in consideration some of those issues and concerns when they're making that decision. So I, I think district, district elections are, you know, are great for representation. And, um, you know, it's really showing um, the diversity that is the community as well, too. And that's just so important. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about working for uh, Orange County Supervisor Doug Chafee. <laughs> Well, it is, um, it is, I, I love it <laughs> to say the least. It really is um, a joy um, because it is local government. Um, 
I do have to work with state, federal electeds, as well as our local electeds on the city and school uh, district, school board level. And so I have to weave and navigate through all of these different policies and and usage of funding. And especially now with the pandemic, you know, uh, that's taken place, you know, it's really, um, really been kind of the central of communication. Um, Unfortunately, um, like the rest of uh, Californians, you know, we're only updated on the new orders when the governor gives his noon update, you know, there isn't a memo sent ahead of time, FYI, like we're literally watching in real time. And then we have to, you know, dissect this information and how do we communicate it in a simple way so the everyday population can understand. Because one thing I have to remind myself is I am in the bubble. I am in the know all the time. And so the everyday person may not have the time to do all the background. So how can I communicate the message over to them so that it will resonate and get and hopefully help them, you know, protect themselves as well. And so um, it does have its challenges with being pulled in so many different directions, especially with COVID and trying to look at our caseload, our numbers of capacity, as well as testing rates. We're looking at how it's affecting education with distance learning and that digital divide and how it's exasperated some of the educational inequities with our children of color and um, looking at Wi-Fi hotspots and mobile devices and where the funding is going to come for this when we have small businesses who've lost a lot of revenue. And as the county, you know, some of the revenue we get is from for the property taxes. So we have all these short budget uh, budget shortfalls, excuse me. Right. You know, how are we able uh, to keep ourselves afloat? And it really is a challenge. I mean, we are literally twiddling our thumbs waiting for Congress to figure out what they're going to do with this Hills package. We're holding on to CARES money and trying to utilize it as best we can. But if we don't get further direction because of the stipulations associated with it, uh, we, we cannot, you know, we will be held accountable, liable for, for misusage. So right. um, there really is a lot of challenges that we're facing, but we're trying our best to communicate with the community and ensure that they have access to resources and services. Um, unemployment is high and it's causing tons of hardship on families in so right. many ways and rent moratoriums. So as you can see, it's, it's, I know. it's going I know. through so many layers and so, so many hard. different issues. And it's just, you know, hard to find that balance because everything is important. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's the triage of what's the most important right now. Right now, right now, maybe in the next hour, we'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So all of this then kind of manifests in our schools. Um, Our schools are faced with extraordinary circumstances during a pandemic. A lot of the things you just mentioned, Um, in addition to the challenges of distance learning and safety protocols, um, we're likely facing budget cuts at our schools. Um, so it doesn't sound like it's going to be much fun to be on the board with all these <laughs> difficult decisions. I mean, I just want to sort of have, have you kind of address the, these are going to be really, really tough times. Um, so if yeah. you are elected, how do you make those difficult decisions? Yeah, I, I, I really believe in coalition building. Um, I'm lucky enough to have uh, the support endorsement of the teachers as well as the classified mm-hmm. employees who are our janitors, janitors, maintenance workers and administrators, yeah. and as well as our school bus drivers. And so um, it's going to be you know, a challenge, but I want to hear and listen to some of their concerns and issues so I can take that in consideration. Um, you know, one of the <laughs> things I have to really think about is how do we make this thin budget go far? I mean, we prior to COVID, you know, our schools were already um, not being properly uh, uh, financed through our state, you know, for um, 
you know, having one of the fifth largest economies in the right. world, you know, we were ranked what 34th by per pupil spending. And it's just, you know, outrageous to me. So the fact that we're, um, you know, hit even hard and challenged with how do we safely reopen and, and do it in a safe way and the challenges with children with physical and mental disabilities and how are they, you know, being taken care of. So right. um, there is a lot of decisions, challenges I'll have decisions to make, but I want to ensure that I'm hearing feedback from, you know, all the key stakeholders, hearing back from parents and, and children and teachers and how can we make all this work and of course doing advocacy you know as the governor's putting things out you know how can we push back on some things that may hurt or hinder our abilities um you know i really question sometimes you know who's part of this cabinet and what some of the advice he's getting because right. <laughs> as you take into consideration what's happening with the boots on the ground right and so uh, i believe in um, utilizing the access that i do have and being able to you know work with our state legislature and our federal you know side to say hey you know Absolutely. here's some things to consider as you guys are putting you know forth this package and, and such so um it yeah. will be a challenge it'll be a lot of work but um i i'm already doing it so i look forward to yeah, <laughs> doing it some yeah. more right yes sometimes uh, so, some of the suggestions and planning and all of this I, I, my my friends who are teachers and and in the classroom k through 12 are thinking like has anyone making these decisions actually been in a classroom yeah, um, exactly yeah the, the actual implementation of these things is going to be radically different from the the theoretical idea of it um, yes, and uh, that's what often the disconnect between federal and state is they have these great yes. ideas, but locally we're where the rubber hits the road here and it doesn't always resonate. Yeah. So in, in the best of worlds, what do you hope to accomplish on the school board? I know we started this conversation about mental health issues. What do you really want to do on the school board? You know, I really do, you know, right now time is, uh, is of essence and I really want to solidify more funding to our schools and really, you know, look at ways that we can open in a safe manner mm -hmm. and uh, measured because once you start, you know, you can't go back and, you know, we're, we're looking at polling in the community and there's a lot of concerns still. And even if September 22nd comes and the governor says, go ahead and open, doesn't mean people are going to go ahead and open. Right. And so, um, you know, I really want to get to that point where we can because, you know, the in-person is so needed. You know, I mean, there's different types of learners. I know I can only do online learning for so long and right. you're only going to add to the further, you know, uh, a gap that is there. So, you know, I want to get us to a point where we can. I, I'm looking very closely at at a station plans that schools are putting together mm -hmm. and looking at ways to partner with community groups or counties to say, here's access to testing. There's access to PPE that you need, anything that we need to ensure that we can do it, um, you know, as soon as possible, but as safely as possible and really looking um, at right. um, mental health because it's only been exasperated. It was an issue before and Absolutely. it's an even bigger issue now. So I think for me, it's accomplishing getting more funding for mental health services and better programming. Yeah. Great. Good. So uh, now let's talk about you. I, I have a couple of end of show questions that I like to ask. Um, and the first one is what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh man, that's uh, that's a great question. <laughs> and and it, uh, you don't have to have taken it. Sometimes the best advice is the advice that that, yeah. that you didn't take and wish you had. You know. <laughs> um, you know, you know. I guess really for me, it's just be the change you know that you want to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I take it to heart and. Um, I, I just hear it over and over and I just think, okay, you know, if, if I want things a certain way, like how, how do I, you know, resonate with folks, but how do I, you know, be that positive 
effect because I really believe in it's your mentality and being positive and it's how you react as well. So, um, you know, I know my parents had told me, and especially in the light of, you know, some social injustice, you know, that you're going to face a lot of challenges and adversities in your life and it's really how you respond to them. So yeah, I I really think, you know, being that change you want to see and and moving forward and not letting things keep you down too long. (laughs) Good. I love that. Uh, what's one book that you like to recommend to people? I like to, uh, what is it? I believe it's the seven agreements. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a really good, uh, book about just, um, commitments that you make to yourself and, um, kind mm-hmm. of like affirmations in there to keep positive, but also on outlook of life and how you approach different, um, challenges that you may face. I love it. I'm going to look that up. That's one of the few books that I haven't heard of that people have recommended. So I love getting good recommendations. Um, And then is there a hopeful message you can share with listeners? It just seems like the news and, and, and just everything is so negative and I'm looking for hopeful messages for our listeners. Um. Man, yeah, I, I agree. There is a lot of negativity and I know that um, it could be a challenge, but I would say it's um, unplug, unplug. I was so inundated with so much communication. There's so much messaging and with people, folks, telecommuting, it's almost like you yeah. can't even turn things off. Turn right. stuff off. <laughs> Give yourself yes. a break. Yeah. Have some inner reflection, maybe some meditation, a walk, a hike, but just kind of looking at things right here in the moment, right now, yeah. and what's around you, um, you know, and really just appreciating what you do have. I know it's easy to go down the wormhole of negativity, but yeah. you have your health, you know, you have your, you know, your, your job or you have your family, you have, you know, the items yeah. in your home and your bed. I mean, just the little things right. to appreciate um, because, you know, one day you may not have them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And then finally, who should we talk to next? Oh, (laughs) okay. Um, You know, speaking of placenta, there is a candidate who is running, I believe it's area four, if I'm not correct. Um, And his name is Eric Devin Gray. And he is a young man going against, you know, an incumbent right now. And I think he'd be a great person to look at, um, you know, the city of Placenta politics and someone who's from the community. So a first time candidate as well. And I think he'd be a good young, young person uh, to reach out to. And I I believe he works for the governor, right? One of my former students works with him. Yes. Sepi Espelani uh, works for the governor and said, yeah, Devin Gray is uh, mm-hmm. one of my colleagues. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. Small world. <laughs> Such a small world. So, yeah. yes, and part of his district overlaps with mine. So, oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Good. So thank you so much for spending the time with me. It was really great to get to know you and uh, introduce you to my listeners. And uh, we'll see what happens on election month. What, I, I don't think we have days anymore of elections. and I, You know, time is like irrelevant these days. I mean, a week, a year, a month, a minute, a time. I know. <laughs> I, know. Forth, so. I, I, I was yes. joking with a friend who said something about what she's doing on Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, you still name the days. That's adorable. You know, I, <laughs> they all seem the same. It all seems like Groundhog Day after a while. But. It does. It does. But yeah, yeah. My we're Google, just, um, my you know, Google open. calendar still mocks me with the... Uh, <laughs> with the events that had been planned of all the performances that I have tickets to. And so the alternate timeline where I'm going to see the lion King on stage and be with other people. (laughs) 
It's wonderful. Yeah, that's right. That one festival. Awesome. Yes. yes. So <laughs> well, thank you so much and good luck on your campaign and good luck with the county. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you.